Blog Talk Radio. You are now tuned into Kings of Non Sequitur. Any topic, any subject, anything goes. With your host, Jay and Trey. The Kings of Non Sequitur are on the air. Yes, we are back. It is March and the football season is over and now it's time to move on to the rest of the year. You are listening live to Kings of Non Sequitur, the off season version of in much less detail the podcast. It's always good to hear the Kings of Non Sequitur intro because that means we have absolutely no idea what we're gonna do for the next hour and that's usually where it's the most fun. Uh, we are here for you live on a Tuesday night, March the 2nd, 2021. I'm Dre. He's Jay. Jay is not asleep. He's on the air. He's not in bed. And we are so happy for that. Uh, before we do anything else, uh, tell your lovely daughter a uh, happy birthday. I know she turned nine years old yesterday. That's right. The cute factor uh, last night celebrated her birthday and well, a little little family get together. And yeah, nine years old. So I, they basically has uh, grown up on this show. Sure has. <laughs> so definitely wanted to get that in. Uh, first things first. It always takes me back to when uh, around that time when she was born nine years ago, when you thought she might have been a, a leap baby, and it was, I, it was close. Yeah, I was the only one that uh, <laughs> that wanted that to happen. So, but powers, you waited an extra day. That's right. She uh, did not want that to happen, apparently. She was just said, nope, I'm staying in for that extra day. You don't want to take the, the dinner out too early. you got to make it cook. got to make sure it's well done. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, that time of year again uh, where we are waiting for baseball to start up and uh, spring training, in effect, they started playing games finally. Uh, I guess we know what the rules are now. We, I guess we're we're not going to have sure. the DH in the in the end. Well, I'm not. I would not put my life on it. I'll put it that way. But okay. we, we think we think they're not going to have the DH in the uh, National League this year. We know they are going to go back to the silly uh, start a base runner on second automatically uh, for extra innings. Um, and we know they're going to go back to making every doubleheader uh, seven inning games each, trying to cut down on the, the time that the players are out on the field. Do they need that this no. year? I mean, because I, I thought that was the point of that was, well, we, we got people who, you know, might have COVID, might not have COVID. We got, we got to make sure that, it, you know, we got full rosters and uh, we don't want to put uh, extra strain on people. We're, we're condensing all these games into 60, condensing a whole season into 60 games last year because of the COVID. Well, you don't have a COVID situation this year. You're playing the whole schedule, so I don't know why you have to make the doubleheaders uh, seven innings each, but that's just me. Yeah, we've already been through an entire uh, half, well, a half of a baseball season, a condensed basketball season that has already started now another season, and we made it all the way through a football season, although it was – it was uh, a high wire act at times with all these leagues, especially at football, where we football I would say probably came the closest. It's, it felt like maybe it never actually came close to everything shutting down, 
but football, I think, came the closest in, in feel anyways. Like, we had a couple of weekends there with football where like, I don't know if this is going to keep going, but spring training's on track. It looks like they're going to – did they want to start playing the season, you know, on, on their regular schedule that had already been set? So, yeah, I would just say business as usual. You know, let's get let's just get our baseball back. Yeah, they're trying. Um, it's not going to be quite exactly the same, but they're they're trying uh, as best they can. And like we said, we we don't know for sure if all these rules and all these uh, yeah. changes are going to be in effect or not. We, we there's still possibilities that changes could come before the season actually begins. But uh, we we think we know what the rules are starting out uh, anyway. Um, we also know that uh, the minor league schedule is going to get pushed back uh, an extra month. Uh, I guess there are still, you know, cities that are not out of the woods yet. I, I know everything feels like it's turning around and, and there's hope in the air and there's vaccines flying around and seems like we're on our way out finally of this uh, deep, dark morass that has been uh, COVID-19. But uh, there's still some towns that need some extra time to, to make sure everything is, is on the up and up and make sure the fans are going to be uh, safe when they finally let them in and, and let them up in the stadium. So uh, still, still some things to work out there. Yeah, I'm getting emails. I'm going through my emails today, and I, apparently I have a a Zoom call for our, you know the, for our Fantasy Baseball League on Thursday. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, what the plan is for that, or if they're going to try to do it in person or virtually. And I'm going to be really interested to see how that goes because I have done zero preparation. Well, you wouldn't even know about the Zoom call if not for me letting you know. Yes, because no. I had not checked that email account in so long <laughs> because my primary use for that email account, there's only really two uses for that. This show, because you send the link for this show there, so all I would ever do is when I log into my browser, I would click the link for mail, and it would just take me, and I'd look for the first email that had Blog Talk Radio. Right. The other use was for the league. And since the you know football season was over, we didn't have any shows planned. I wasn't even going up, so I had no reason to even check that email address. I just assumed we weren't having uh, fantasy baseball this year, but I, I, I'll be uh, – yeah, yeah, be real interested to see if uh, they're going to try and power through. They send out rosters. I mean, it's, it, it feels like normal, but we know it's not, and that's the weird part, right? Yeah, and I'm actually a little surprised to hear you say that you didn't think they were even going to do the, the fantasy season. Uh, there had been a, an email at the beginning of the email chain. There were talks that they were just going to do another, you know, like a one-off online thing this year. Oh, but I think that there was enough – I think everybody, at least the consensus from the email chain that I was reading was like, no, we want to – you know, how far removed do we want to even get from these rosters that we have, right. these frozen rosters? Um, so I, I'm getting the sense that there's going to actually be a, a season of some type with, you know, the – with our actual teams. Yeah, I, I thought they were going to go full bore right back to, to where they – where they left off uh, before last year. I thought they were, that was the whole plan all along 
was yeah. do that one off last year with the uh, the snake draft, like it's a you know a, right. a normal online one year only league and not a keeper league, and then go back to normal this year. So that's what they're going to try to do. The only question remains, as you just mentioned, is how they're going to actually do the draft. Since uh, once again, it looks like we're not going to be traveling to Chicago and doing it face to face. Like I said, we're we're still not out of the woods yet. It's still not right. uh, back to normal life at all uh, for a lot of people. Uh, so we're definitely going to not do that, but it's just how are they going to actually do the draft? Is it going to be like like we were discussing on previous shows? There seems to only be two options. Either you're going to try to do uh, a, or an auction draft through Zoom and deal with the possibility of technical snafus and lag time right. and all of that garbage that comes with that. Or you're just going to go to an online service and do a, an auction draft like that, you know, that's not live um, and, you know, which is certainly not what they want to do, but I don't know if they really have a choice. Uh, they, they can't do the Zoom draft. We're going to have a meeting, and we're going to discuss all of this Thursday night. I'm, I plan right. to be there as well. Um, but I, I can't see it. I cannot see a Zoom auction draft with, with all the, the technicalities and, and all the possibilities of somebody going, I said 25, and you didn't hear me because of the connection. I should have him. <laughs> We get we have this yeah. like that during the live drafts. Yeah, and so, let's just be real. We're like the young guys in this league, <laughs> right? <laughs> not not uh, saying that these guys are going to have problems connecting and technical uh, snafus, <laughs> and not not saying anything like that because that could happen to anybody, really. Well, uh, yes, I'm just just throwing that out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, if 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 the word came down that it was live, I'd be there. I mean, but you know, I I think I'm probably a little bit more you know a little bit more enterprising when it comes to that, where I'd I'd feel safe um, doing that. Where you know, it's not so easy when you're in your 60s or your 70s and you're you know mm-hmm. potentially looking at uh, getting in a room full of people that you're not used to being in that. So you know, I work with the public. It's it's not a big deal for me. I put on a mask and I go out. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any way they're doing it live. I don't even think that's an op, that's on the table. Yeah. I, well, I don't know. I, well, well, I guess I'm, that's I'm what the meeting I'm glad you're going to be on the call because I've got. Uh, I'm going to be actually leaving work as it starts, so I'm going to just I'm just going to call in um, right. to the number. So I you know I probably won't have video up or anything like that. So I'll probably just be listening in or you know trying to you know operate. And I've never used Zoom. Do I need to download an app? Yeah, um, it's not difficult at all, but yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I've never actually used uh, Zoom before. My my work uses Teams. Oh, okay. That's, my job uses Teams, too, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I don't actually have Zoom, so I should probably download that. I know that's through Google, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's real easy. It's, it's I did it yeah. like in, a, in the snap of a finger, so yeah, it, it was really okay. easy to call up and download that. Yeah, I'm not too worried about actually getting it. I just wasn't sure if it was something where I would just call into a number or, you know, so if it's through an app, then, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll grab that and make sure I'm on there Thursday night and start the planning process. Start start trying to catch up on a, a year's worth of research because I paid no attention to <laughs> that team at all last year. Right. I'm sure everyone else is on the same page as well. Like they're, they're probably all looking through their teams, going, "I, I have him. I have him. I, have, I didn't I have, know I had I have, him. Yeah, I have that really? guy. Or you have, or it's like you know, I, I, I have people on the roster, like you know, and now all of a sudden, like they're good, right? 
<laughs> right. So now you got decisions like have, to make. Like, like I have Kyle Lewis on the roster. He's pretty good now. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> he turned out to be okay. I think. What is he? The, yeah. the number three, number four hitter in that in that lineup. So he he turned out to be okay. And yeah, no, he's obviously somebody who'd be kept. But you know, going into the 2019 season, I just had him as a farm player. Right. Which is, you know, just a just a bench guy, and I was like, oh, some of this. so it's weird going through and looking at some of these things, and you know how decisions can be made, and yeah, I'm sure you and I will be having some of those conversations here over the next month. Yeah, it's uh, I'm going to be watching probably more preseason baseball than I normally do because just trying to re- uh, refamiliarize myself with these guys. Yeah. Like, I didn't watch that much baseball last year. I, I didn't watch it, I guess, with the same eye is, is what I'm trying to say is that I was, it was just, it was kind of on, uh, yeah, as I said here yeah. in the, in the, in the malaise of, of coronavirus and especially those uh, few weeks that I had the goop, I was just kind of like zoned out, like it was on, but I wasn't really paying attention. So now I got to actually pay closer attention here. Uh, so yeah, it, it's on the horizon, even though we still don't know hundred percent of the rules, but that's, that's another story. Um, was there anything uh, different or interesting about the, uh, the the polar vortex that encompassed the entire country a, a couple of weeks ago? Because I'm thinking you up there, uh, that that wasn't really different as far as winter for you guys. That, that was kind of more of the same. Yeah, we kind of rolled with it. Uh, this is actually, this is going to sound weird to you, but this has actually been a very easy winter. Um, no, I get this it. Way. We, we haven't had, we haven't had a ton of snow. Um, you know, there's, there's really only been maybe two times where we would get, where we got like, you know, six inches of snow, which normally we're getting just, you know, dump after dump after dump. It's been a very easy winter other than those two weeks, um, with the brutal cold, you know, we had those really bad two weeks with the cold weather where it was, ah, it stayed below zero virtually that whole time. And but we get that every year. I mean, we always have that one or two really cold weeks and then things kind of get back, you know, to, you know, get back into the twenties and thirties. And but yeah, we, we had two really cold weeks. No, no. What was, what was not normal was, you know, how far South, uh, the cold weather mm-hmm. pushed, you know, and I know that you, you, uh, probably had it worse than we did because at least we have snow removal equipment and houses that are built for winter. You, know? you guys are actually prepared for this shit. We are so not prepared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now at least you had experience of of living through it, but you're surrounded by people who have no clue what they're doing in it. So I could imagine how like trying and you know, just tense that must have been. Uh no less than three people at my job said they fell on their ass during that uh, two weeks of polar vortex winter that we had down here, which gives you an indication of the uh, snow and ice that we had that that many people actually slipped and fell. But it's also the lack of experience of walking on snow and ice because we don't slip and fall on snow and ice because we grew up having to walk on it and yeah. making sure that we didn't fall on our ass because we didn't have a choice. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a, you have to, when you're walking on ice and snow, it's like you have to have a plan. Yeah, like, you can't right? just like, be walking. You, you got to look like ahead. 
you got to say, okay, my third step is going to be there, uh-huh. and then my fourth step is going to be right there, and then I'm going to have to go left because yeah. I see that big patch of ice right there. So, I, yeah, you, you can't just <laughs> go out and, and just start walking like you, you're yeah. walking. you got to actually start, have a yeah. plan. You start strolling down the street like it's business as usual. Yeah, you can end up on your ass. Whoop. Yes. And that's safe for driving. So I'm sure that, you know, I I know that there were, you know, some big pileups down that way. I mean, obviously you had what, two snowstorms pretty much back to back. Yes, we did. It was, uh, it was quite the, it was quite the week uh, a couple weeks ago uh, for all of the Northerners and uh, New Yorkers and and everyone else that was not, like you said, was winter as usual and and just kind of rolling with it. Um, if you don't know any of the stories of, of any of, of those of us down south, I, I have some stories. Um, I have some experiences as to what winter in a, a place that's not prepared for winter, uh, what, what they go through. Everyone knows about Texas. Um, all our thoughts and prayers and whatnot are with uh, Texas and everything that they went through. Um, feeling sorry for everybody down there except the greedy bastards that took them off the national uh, water and power grid, and that's why they had so many problems that they had. Those people can burn in hell, but everybody else uh, definitely feels sorry for them, including Dave, actually. Um, Dave, the movie expert, um, his sister and her family moved down to Texas years ago, and so he happened to be visiting. Now, Dave is sort of a uh, – it's hard to get a, a handle on where he is from, from time to time because he kind of – goes in and out and does his own thing. He's got family in Arizona. He's out there sometimes. Uh, he's up in Chicago sometimes. So he just happened to be visiting his sister in in Texas uh, when all of that went down. And I only know that because I saw his sister posting pictures online of, of everybody sitting around the table shivering. And, and they, they, they did lose power, unfortunately. But um, everyone uh, appears to be okay um, with the uh, very unfortunate uh, exception of his father, uh, who recently passed away, not from the cold, but uh, from heart disease. Um, and we definitely uh, send our thoughts and prayers to Dave uh, on the loss of his father. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, so they were down there in Texas in the middle of all of that. I was up here uh, in beautiful suburban Memphis, Tennessee. And yeah, the Mid-South, yeah, we didn't quite get uh, it was pretty severe. I don't want to try to compare and contrast and, and make it a contest between how bad we got it and how bad Texas got it. We, we Both of us got it real bad. And both of us, like you were saying, are not prepared to get it that bad. Like there's no infrastructure basically for uh, snowy, icy, wintry conditions because it so rarely happens that severely down here. Um the first thing that was incredible was the the hype around the weather coming by all the Memphis weather people who are famous down here for uh, getting like eroticized when bad weather is on the way. Like they get so excited for it and you, they, they cannot hide how almost gleeful they are when bad weather is approaching. They are breathless and they can't wait to tell you all the details about everything and this time it wasn't overhyped. They were actually correct. They had been telling us about the two snowstorms that were going to come uh, the week after Valentine's Day. They were warning us that it was going to start in the evening on on Sunday on the Valentine's evening, which was on a Sunday this year. They were saying it's going to be bad overnight. It's going to be snowy. It's going to be icy. It's going to be right at that 
freezing mark, so it's not going to be completely just snow. It's going to be icy snow and really dangerous and really uh, slick conditions. And, and the next morning is going to be uh, possibly really awful, depending on where you are. And they were absolutely right about that. Um, I had to go out Sunday evening, uh, Valentine's evening, because uh, still being in uh, coronavirus season, uh, my wife and I are not going out for dinners. We still have not gone out to uh, for dinner since the coronavirus first started last year around this time. Um, but we had a dinner at a, at a place called the butcher shop that we uh, ordered and I had to go out and, and pick it up. And it was some, some bad conditions already. The snow had already started. Um, the icy condition wasn't, it wasn't time enough for it to be icy yet, but it was, it was pretty bad. But I managed to sort of navigate myself around and managed not to hit anything that first time out that Sunday night, picked up our dinner, got home safely. Okay, fine. Now the decision the next morning is after the, the snow and the ice comes overnight, do I want to brave this and go into to rush hour and try to get to work? And this is very similar to the decision that I had to make after the Snowmageddon event of 2011 in Chicago where we got uh, very famously two feet of snow. Yes, I said feet uh, in about a 48 hour period. And I had to make the decision. Do, and this is, I don't have a car. And if I did, that decision would be easy. I can't go to work. I'm submerged. I cannot possibly drive to work, but because I was on public transportation, I knew that I could make it if I could make that block walk from my house to the bus stop in two feet of snow. And probably not the smartest decision to try to do it. Uh, we always uh, have the joke about the guy, the old man on this uh, porch when I started venturing out the house and he just looks at me and waves his hand and goes, it's not worth it. <laughs> Telling me to go back in the house, uh, which was a, a good idea, but I, I ignored him because and it, the similar, the similarity is that I decided to drive to work the Monday after Valentine's here, uh, during this polar vortex, and I decided to go to work during the snowmageddon for the same reason, because I just figured there's going to be hardly anybody there, so someone should be in there to do the job. The job still needs to be done. Um, I have a very similar job in both situations as well, working in a, a, a bank's lockbox department, and so I'm, I'm processing checks back then, and I'm uh, data entry right now, but the point is those checks still have to be uh, processed, that those those keys still have to be struck, and those those payments still have to be put into the system. Um, just because we have bad weather doesn't mean those people who are, are sending those payments in don't need their payments put in, and of course they're on, you know, deadlines. They got, if their payments don't get don't hit the, the, the accounts by a certain date, then they're, they're you know, they're considered delinquent and uh, they, there's problems that come up there. And I just, I guess, felt the need to go in and, and do the job that needed to be done because I knew nobody else was going to be there. So I did it. I drove in uh, the Monday after Valentine's Day and it was, it was bad. Uh, the, the side streets are just completely untreated because we're in the Mid-South. They're, they don't have snow trucks. They don't have uh, ice, uh, de-icers just sitting around. They don't have salt just sitting around. Um, so basically it's up to you to, to get out. If you can make it out of your neighborhood, if you can make it on your side streets to, uh, these major, uh, freeways and expressways and interstates, uh, then, then that's great. 
And if you can't, then so be it. You just can't, you can't make it. If you, if you can make it, you can, if you can't, you can't. Um, and as far as when you got to the interstate, they did do a, uh, the city did do a decent job of having trucks out there to kind of clear like one path. So our, our normal four lane interstates were basically one lane and it was the lane that they just kind of cleared away and, you know, didn't really do a good job of keeping straight when they were clearing the way. And the only reason that uh, made a difference or, or was noteworthy is because the new car that I bought has uh, lane assist. So when you go outside the lanes, there's little cameras all around that detect that and they start beeping at you and, and making you realize that you've gone over the line. And it's a really nice tool if you're, uh, I guess, maybe tired or, Maybe you had a couple of pops or something or uh, just a bad driver and you find yourself going outside the lane. Um, so it's, it's a good tool to have. But what happens when the paths are cleared on the interstate that just kind of ignore what the lines are and they just kind of clear their own path? It means you keep going over lines when you're trying to stay on the path of the, uh, what, what's been cleared off and your lane assist keeps going off. And it's not annoying. It, it's not. A, it, it's, it's a little annoying. I, I'll take that back. It's a little annoying, but what was uh, what kind of provided some some humor and uh, uh, during all of this weaving in and out and going over the lines is at one point I've, I've discovered that there's a, a limit to how many lines you can go over with your lanuses before they built in something to to tell you, hey, look, this is this is a little too much here. Um, after I went over, I don't know how many lines and, and started setting off the, the lane assist multiple times. Eventually, uh, something else came up on my display besides you've gone over the line or whatever it says. A coffee cup, a, a picture of a cup of coffee and the words, please take a break, came up on my display. So if you go over the lines uh, wow. one too many times, uh, this car lets you know, hey, dude, get the fuck off the road. Okay, you're tired or drunk or something, but you need to. And I just kind of laughed. I, I'm, I'm white knuckling it all the way to work the whole way anyway, trying to stay on this this one clear path. Because if you go off it even a little bit, you you got a lot of ice and, and snow to deal with, and it's not fun. Um, and then that message comes up, and I just I just laughed out loud. I was like, wow, <laughs> this thing thinks that I am like off my ass right now because I keep going over these lines. Um, and, and the laughing would cease if, if my uh, uh, insurance ever went up because they were uh, using the data from my car to say that <laughs> I keep going over lines or something. Hopefully that day uh, will not come. But anyway, uh, so, yeah, I went in uh, that Monday. There was like, God, I don't know, five other people in the office maybe with me on uh, on a Monday. There's usually another 20 or 30 other people that work there. Uh, so I knew it was it was bad, but I went in. I I, I did my job and I and I white knuckled at home. Uh, we didn't have any more precipitation from Monday to Tuesday, so I decided to get up Tuesday and and try to make it again. A slightly more difficult drive because that temperature drop that you were talking about came. So we went from uh, icy uh, slash rainy slash sleety conditions to now just frigid like the like it was zero degrees down here and you don't ever get zero degrees down here uh in the mid-south so um 
I guess a little better. I didn't have to worry about uh, too much ice uh, on, on, on my windshield and trying to clear that off. It was just cold. It was just snowy and cold, and I just had to warm up the car and, and try to make it in uh, that Tuesday. But now we got uh, uh, the, the, the zero temperatures, the near sub-zero temperatures. Nobody else was in there on Tuesday. Zero other people. I was at one point – I was the only person in the office. Uh, it was really bad as far as uh, these cars, like you were saying, the houses and whatnot that are not meant for these conditions. The cars aren't really meant for it either. Uh, they're not used to it. There were so many abandoned cars in the road that just, um, and, and I don't know if that's just uh, the cars giving out or if that's people trying to drive over things and, and snow drifts that they really shouldn't have tried to drive over and wound up getting stuck. I don't know exactly all those situations, but I drove past a lot of abandoned cars. I drove past a lot of people that were uh, trying to get their cars jump started again because they, it, the cars just stopped. Uh, you know, they, there's people that pulled up next to them and tried to jump them and whatnot. There was even a car stuck uh, in the in the uh, pathway uh, when I got to work. Uh, when I get to work, I work in a business park, so you turn in and you still got another. Um, I don't know, like city block or so to drive down before you get to uh, where you need to go. And I had to drive around a car uh, that was stuck in the snow. Uh, I don't know whose it was. I certainly hope that person is okay. I don't know anything about the situation. Uh, But all I know is once I got there that Tuesday, there was one person on night shift that was leaving. And that was it. That person, that was the only car in the parking lot. And when they left, I was there for an hour by myself until Finally, a supervisor from our shift showed up and then immediately left back out to go pick up two other people that lived nearby that were not going to come in unless, you know, the supervisor came and got them. And so he went and got them, and then we did what we could for half a day, and then I I made my way back home. Then the second snowstorm came. So that would be the uh, Wednesday um, after Valentine's Day. Um, I'm off on Wednesdays. So for that, I sat there uh, and looked at the snow outside and I was just kind of shaking my head because when you talk about total snowfall down here, um, I think it was probably about, depending on where you were, between three and six inches, the first dump between Valentine's and and the next day. And then the Wednesday dump, that was another like four to six inches. So it was close to a foot of snow, depending on where you were. And you talk about, like, people had no idea what to do about that. My job never shuts down. We have been joking. I've been there for 10 years. We joke about how there's so many bad weather conditions and and whatever that happens, uh, and, and we're always expected to come in, no matter what. The place was closed the next day. The Thursday, uh, after Valentine's, after the six inches of snow all day, Wednesday, and all night, Literally nobody at work the next day, Thursday. We finally had bad enough weather where it was completely shut down uh, that Thursday. I was surprised, to say the least, that it was actually that bad. Um, And then I think they opened back up Friday. I don't know how many people were there because I didn't go in. Uh, And 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 there was a very good reason for that because we had water problems as well. Again, Texas, we know, had really terrible, serious problems. water issues, power issues, everything else. Uh, But we had water issues as well in Memphis because of the uh, 
lack of water pressure because of all the, the ice and snow on the pipes and whatnot. Um, we started, uh, my wife said she turned on the water uh, in the kitchen at one point, I think is either Wednesday or Thursday and it was coming out green. So I knew there was an issue. Um, but as far as like the whole Memphis area, we were under a, uh, an advisory. We were under a boil water advisory uh, basically for the next three or four days after that, that Wednesday dump. Um, they were saying that there's because of the lack of pressure, there can be uh, more bacteria that seeps into the, uh, the water system and, and, and whatnot. So you needed to uh, make sure that you took the water that you had in your house out of the tap and boil it on the stove for two or three minutes before you try to drink it or try to wash your hands in it or wash your dishes in it or anything like that. And I never heard of anything like that because again, coming from Chicago, we're used to all sorts of stuff uh, happening in the winter. And we never, do you remember anything like that in Chicago? I, I don't, I do not remember ever having a boil water advisory. No, I mean, we, we, we hardly ever even had, you know, power hardly ever, ever went out. In, right. you know, when, in Chicago, um, we'd get more power outage during thunderstorms than we ever would with winter weather uh, that I could ever remember. I mean, I remember in 79, the blizzard, and I was you know really little, I was three, uh, when the blizzard in 79 came through. And there was so much snow, I remember the, uh, the garage across from my bedroom um, uh, got crushed. There was so much snow. Oh. Like it literally, like the snow on the roof of the garage crushed the garage, uh, and power still stayed on. Of course, right? Yeah. So, uh, so seeing all that, you know, with Texas and, and hearing the stories with you, it's like it's so foreign um, <laughs> to anything that goes on here because we 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 had we had days where you know, and, and for my work, where we couldn't get deliveries out because. Mm-hmm. The trucks wouldn't start it, because it was mm-hmm. 35 and 40 below wind chills. Mm. And, you know, multiple days. I, I know I the lowest I saw, I had it, I think, the lowest actual air temperature I saw on one of my drives into work was 27 below uh, one of the mornings, which is still not the coldest I've had since I've lived in Wisconsin. Um, so, you know, I've been in Wisconsin now since uh, the end of 02. So almost 20 years, you know, split between here and Montana and six months on your couch. So other, other yeah. than, you know, other than that, uh, yeah, 33 below is the lowest I've ever actually seen Damn. air temperature, not, not wind chill, not, not practice, you know, no, no, no. wind chill, <laughs> not a game, not a game. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 33 below, uh, is the lowest air temperature I ever saw this, this go round, uh, I saw 27 below and then yeah, 40, 40, 45 below wind chills. It was, it was something, you know, it was running out every morning, um, starting the car, letting the car sit for 15, 20 minutes before you even, that was actually 15, 20 minutes of warming up the car so that it was warm enough that you could actually go and scrape the ice off of it. Um, you'll <laughs> oh know, because you know, when you drive on snow and ice long enough, you know, you get all that snow buildup in your wheel yes. wells, in your tires. Yes. Um, so I had a bunch of that, but then it froze so hard. It actually broke two of my ice scrapers. Damn. 
So I'm actually like trying to chip the snow out of the wheel well, and the ice had was so hard, my my my, my ice scraper my ice scrapers were snapping. Uh, well, you so, make, next time you need a a, a torch. You forget yeah. the ice scraper. You just so melt this shit away. I finally get it all out of there, and I come in the house, and my wife goes, "What was that sound?" She's like, "Well, I, I kept hearing this loud banging sound. What was that sound out there?" I said, "Oh, I had to get the. I said my ice scrapers broke, so I had to get the. Um, I had to get the, you know, the ice out of my wheel well." She's like, "Well, what did you use? A baseball bat." <laughs> No joke. I had to use an aluminum baseball bat Ooh. to get the ice out of my wheel wells. So you know what? I give my little give my little Chevy Cruze uh, some credit. That thing started every time. It barked at me a few times, but every morning that thing was going. You know, uh, kids. I want to say the kids had school was canceled twice. Um, you know, and and, and it's, it's actually kind of handy with the COVID because um, with having done so much virtual school, right? Yeah. When they gave the, the kids had a snow day or the kids had a cold day, one snow day and one cold day. And they were about two weeks apart and they didn't actually cancel school. They just shifted it to virtual. Right. So they even got robbed of their snow day. Yeah, that's – we would not have liked that as kids if we uh, no. we get the news and we don't have to go to school and then they break out the computers yeah. at home and go, okay, time for class anyway. Like, what? Yeah. But we, we grew up in Chicago. It had to be near, like, apocalyptic snowstorm <laughs> for them to cancel school. I can remember going to school in some awful snowstorms. Yes. And yeah. I – Remember the uh, was it 1989? I think where they that that was a day where they canceled because of the cold. Like it was that cold. Like it was like yeah. five degrees below was the high that day or something like that. I remember Valentine's Day 1990, and there was a massive snowstorm in Chicago. We probably got 12, 14 inches of snow. And I remember I went to school. I went to school and. It was like literally like me and two other people on the bus <laughs> and I got to school and, you know, every class, we basically had a substitute teacher for every class and right. the most kids I think in any of the classes we had might've been eight kids in a class. Most of the classes were four or five people and you just basically, you know, fucked around all day and it right. was like, okay, why did I go? Okay, well, you know what? I still, I still just like you went to work, right? I I still did it. You know, all I, my kids. I went too. My kids can't complain too hard though about the virtual thing because uh, since they went back around the first of November, they've been live um, since the first of November here for going to school. They only go four days a week. Okay. So they don't go to school on Fridays. So they only have three day. Uh, they get three-day weekends every week, so they can't complain if they have to do a virtual day. Wow, only have to work four days a week. What, they think they're Scandinavian or something? What's up with that? Yeah. yeah. Well, I well, – hey, but you know what? Uh, I still prefer them there, especially uh, especially for, for Grant, you know, being in first grade. He really needs that, like, 
instruction from the teacher. Like you can just see like how far he's gone from where he was, where his like aptitude was when he came back from being fully virtual to now being there. And it's like, yeah, he's, he's doing great. That is absolutely a, a big point to bring up. I work with somebody who has, who is taking care of her grandkids was raising her grand or yeah. uh, not raising, but they, they stay there a lot. Um, and she absolutely says, look, they need to be in class because they cannot concentrate sitting here at home trying to do, you know, because it's so easy to get up and, all right, I, now I want to go watch some TV. Uh, I want to go eat a snack. I want to go goof off. It's so easy to just get up and decide I don't feel like, you know, doing this right now. So, no, it's uh, as hard as it is to uh, put those kids back in school with uh, during a pandemic, um, there's absolutely been some situations where it's, it's obvious that they need to be back in class. And I, and I didn't even think of that, you know, when I thought about the situation uh, of pulling these kids out, I'm, I was 100%. Yeah. Pull them out. Don't have them going up there. Cause you know, kids are going to uh, spread germs and do whatever. And, and it's, it's, there's no way that you can keep them safe up there. Uh, but there's absolutely an argument to be made about the, uh, the lack of socialization, the lack of structure, uh, with the home training, uh, it, so for some kids it's great, uh, but for others they absolutely need to be uh, in in class. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, you know, and, and my daughter's a little older, so she's in, she was finishing up second grade and she started third grade virtual, and I she was much she loves school, so right. it didn't matter if she was sitting in her bedroom at her desk on a tablet or if she's there. I, I don't think there was a change for her, but for, for my son, you know, he's finishing up kindergarten and going into first grade and though that's much more formative and yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yeah. And uh, Grant needs that structure. <laughs> he's just, right. you know, he's a six year old boy. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them need that structure. There's, there's absolutely no doubt about it. I didn't even consider that uh, when this first started. Um, and it's tough, man. You got these, uh, the teachers don't want to go. The, the Chicago yeah. just started back up uh, sending kids in, and there was a whole lot of drama around that uh, because it was just the teachers are trying to figure out the best way to go about it. They, they're they still afraid for themselves. They're afraid for the, the other students. Uh, the parents want the kids to go back. They want them out of their damn house. They, you know, they it, it was a lot of back and forth, and, and there's no, uh, I guess, easy answers for, for all of this, um, but it, it's you get the hope in the air now that things are finally starting to, to turn back around. Um, and we, we need things to get back to normal as soon as possible. Uh, not just for us, the adults, but certainly for the, the kids, it's uh, mind boggling to think about the, the children and uh, having to go through this for the past year and whatever's coming up the rest of this year. Uh, can you imagine us going through something like this uh, at, at that age? Uh, it's, uh, it's craziness. It's, it's, it's like they're going through uh you know, wartime situations with, with the, all the masking up and uh, making sure, you know, you're as safe as possible. And it's got to be scary for kids at, at, at a certain age that it almost feels like you can't go outside because there's like death waiting immediately. And it's, <laughs> you know, and we, we haven't portrayed it. Thank God. Um, you know, my wife and I haven't portrayed it that way to the kids. So uh, kids are pretty, kids are resilient though. Yeah, kids. Kids put. Kids could. I think kids could put up with it better than the adults can. Some kids are very resilient. 
some kids like me are very imaginative and sort of take <laughs> things and sort of blow them up in the in incredible proportions. So I, you know, it depends on every kid is, is the same. Just it's different. Just like every adult is different. Yeah. Um, you know, we tried to make things. You know, we tried to make it as normal of a year in 2020 and so far in 2021 as as we could for them. You know, that to, so that, that so we did kind of try to shelter them from that. You know, we don't have the we don't have the news on in the house. You know, we we yeah. you know we don't do a lot of that. You know, yeah, they, they've no, got that's, enough. That's it, a good thing. One of the positive things about this day and age is there's so many distractions, right? Certainly. You can you know the kids can they can watch TV, play games, you know, go outside. They can still do a lot of those things where. They don't have you like we were like when we were kids. I mean, it was primetime TV and the ten o'clock news every night, or the nine o'clock news if you were watching uh, GN. Back in my day, yeah, but that was every night. I was a kid who grew up watching the news. That's I right. We all did. Yeah, even if we didn't understand what was going on, we even if we still watched because there wasn't too many watching. other options. Yeah, there was one TV in the house, mm-hmm. and your parents <laughs> controlled the TV. As you right. Also, if you wanted to change the channel, you actually had to get up and do it. When I was your age, I had to get up and change the channel. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> I have to tell my kids up, about that one. Uphill, both ways. That's right. I have to tell my kids. I don't know if I've ever told my kids the story about having to actually get up to change the channel. Why would you do that? <laughs> I can, I can see your daughter. I can see your daughter now with a quizzical look on her face. What? No, what? she'd have she'd have this like big smile, like half looking at me, like she thinks I'm lying to her. <laughs> like you're, oh, you're making, making that. Up. Up. You're making this up. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, now I really want to go up there and visit you guys just so I can back up your stories. No, it's true. Let me tell oh, you. Man. Yeah. No, that we. Yeah, they got spring break coming up in a few weeks. We we have not decided. I took the whole week off, so I actually have the, one of my planned vacations for this year. I took off the whole week of spring break, and we just we haven't decided if we're we're doing anything. And I I know I we had talked I think in on the last show. Um, I don't know if I had, if I had talked about it on the last show or if it's been brought up. We finally, for the first time in like a year and a half, actually went down to the Dells with them. Yeah, yeah, you did. And went to the water park, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, that that was even just you know just ever any any little thing that 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 feels like it's like normal, like or how it used to be, um, right. is 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 a is a small step forward right now. I'm looking so forward to doing those small things that feel normal, like going out to dinner again. I don't know when yeah. we're going to do that. Um, we talked about our uh, planned, um, you know, Alaskan cruise that, of course, got canceled. And now all Alaskan cruises are canceled for the rest of the year. So it's just it's still a big mess. But uh, but we're still planning on uh, Cancun in September. That's actually going to be. Um, situation where uh, you were uh, not available for a show for the first time uh, during football season this past year. And then this trip to Mexico in September, I don't know if I'm going to be available because we're going to be gone for a whole week for that. Um, So 
I won't really know until we get closer to that time, but just uh, to let you know already that there will be a weekend in September where I will not be uh, in the country. So we'll, oh. we'll see how that, how that okay. works out. Uh, so you, you might have to be, uh, you might have to host solo that week. Uh, so just, oh, just I, have, I have, I have, I have two willing co-hosts. Uh, there you go. <laughs> oh, that would be the best show ever. <laughs> the Inventless Detail Family Hour. <laughs> Much better. Any show without me would be much better. That, that, no, that would oh, be yeah. great. Actually, because then I could just bust out the open mic instead of the headset. Oh, there you go. And just Yeah, and just record the show that way so we can all sit there and, and, and go through our stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'd probably have guests. I could have guest pickers and everything. <laughs> that would probably no. be the craziest hour of our <laughs> We've had some crazy hours. <laughs> No, that that sounds really good. I, I'm already looking forward to that show. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll just make it like a like a 6 p.m. show or something, you know, because I'll be you know home on a Sunday or, or on a you know one of the nights. So just do it on a Wednesday night or something when I'm home, and just do it like at 6 p.m. before they go to bed. So yeah, with the the winter situation down here was absolutely insane. I um. I had a uh, like a mind uh, meld of an idea. Like I really thought I'd outsmarted the the weather. Uh, I'm talking about that that snow and how many inches it was, and we're not used to it. Uh, the back door is sealed closed uh, because there's so much snow back there. So I'm looking at uh, the the Monday, the Tuesday after Valentine's. I'm thinking about uh, my garbage out there and how the hell am I going to get through the backyard to, to put my garbage in the garbage can. Don't even know if the garbage people can, can come through because the alleys and the side streets and everything are so terrible. And I go, I got it. I know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to even try to get out this back door and get this garbage into the garbage can. I'm just going to throw the garbage in my, in the trunk of my car and I'm going to drive it around through the alley and get it to the garbage can. And so I throw the uh, garbage into my trunk and I slide around and almost spin out and, and hit a couple cars and, and bang into some, some buildings. And I make my way back there slowly and gently t- uh, to the back alley to my garbage can. And I pop the trunk and I get the garbage out and I get to my garbage can and I say, yeah, I did it. I, I outsmarted the snow and outsmarted the ice and I'm going to get this garbage into the garbage can. And I go to my garbage can and I cannot open my garbage can. It's it frozen is sealed shut. shut by all the nice. ice. Yeah. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, that's a thing. <sighs> I, how will we know that in the Mid-South? How the hell will we even know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, my, yeah. Uh, my boss's car, I mean, his passenger, his uh, driver's side window froze shut. That's happened to me many times over the years on my car mm. where windows in the car freeze shut. Um, so you pull up to the drive-thru <laughs> I want to go get me a burger. And you get to the window and you hit the thing and you're like, uh, 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 oh, man. Now you're going to have to jump out. You open the, you open the door. You open yeah. the door a crack yeah, and then you yell into the drive through speaker and then you pull up slightly past the window and you open the door and let them hand the thing around. Yeah. It's, uh, you know what? You just deal with it. It's, you know, it's not, it's one of those things. It's not the end of the world. No, but but again, in places that are not used to that, yeah. it, it was 
it was kind of the end of the world. And also the water situation meant that when I did slide in that weekend, the following weekend, uh, trying to go around to, um, uh, to get uh, pickup food to, uh, to get, to go through drive-thrus, uh, no combo meals anywhere because they're not making drinks because the water situation is such that they aren't giving any drinks out. No, no fountain drinks, no nothing. Just uh, some places I, I heard had bottled water to give as part of their value meals, but the places I went had nothing. They just looked at me and said, no, are you crazy? No, no drinks. Just take your food and, and go. Uh, the situations in the grocery stores were apocalyptic. Oh, uh, bottled water was just gone. I saw some of that. Yeah, no bottled water at all. No matter where you went, no matter how what, no matter how small the store was, side store, ghetto store, uh, big store, Walmart, Co- uh, Costco, uh, just didn't matter. Wherever you went, no water, just no bottled water at all. Um, so I finally uh, solved that by at one point I went to an Aldi and I saw. Uh, it was like like a 24 pack, and we still got a few of them left of this fruit flavored water. So it was water, but it had like flavoring in it, like supposed to be like real fruit flavoring. I don't know how it worked or whatever. There was a little bit of sweetener in it, but not a lot. And it wasn't like a, a diet soda or anything like that. It was uh, a small amount. Um, and I apologized when I got it home to my wife before I gave it to her. I said, it's from Aldi. It might suck ass. I, I'm sorry. I apologize, but it's bottled water, okay? It's better than boiling water and drinking uh, cooled boiled water, which I actually never drank any of the water that we boiled, uh, but somebody at work did and reported that it tasted like complete shit. So I, I figured it would. That's why I didn't taste any of it. But at least we had some bottled water, and it actually tasted okay. It was actually pretty good. I'm, I'll uh, I'll give it a positive review or something. Um, but yeah, it was craziness, man. Just any store you went into, and then uh, because of the, the snow and ice, like the food uh, sections of these grocery stores were empty because uh, trucks were having trouble again uh, getting through. You, you can't drive anywhere because it's so snowy and icy and it's and they're not used to it so the roads are not uh, they're not able to drive through like they're supposed to so it was crazy it was just no food no water go to whatever you know restaurant that you want as far as drive through and hope that they have something uh, that you would want to eat although in a lot of cases they didn't um you just kind of had to take whatever was there um and yeah uh we were well, we finally got out this weekend to Costco and pretty much spent like everything we had because we were so happy to be able to to get out to to get some real food. So, yeah, we we had our experience with the, with the Polar Week in America. Uh, it was the, the funniest part of the whole thing, I think, to me, was looking at these maps of America during that week, uh, that week after Valentine's. And you see the the polar vortex. You see the the temperature. You see the thirty, twenty, ten, zero, uh, past you know under zero, all around the country, starting from up in the northwest, going all the way where you guys are, coming down south, Texas, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Georgia. Didn't matter where you looked, everywhere, just blue conditions. The the map is blue. The the icy conditions. The the temperatures are all uh, as cold as you can get, record lows, record cold uh, in a lot of places. This was definitely our record cold uh, temperatures that we were getting. 
uh, here in Memphis. And then in that little corner down there in the in, in the southeastern corner of the map, you see all this red, and you see 80s and 90s, and down there in, in, in Miami, Florida, and it's like, you motherfuckers. I'm, I was so jealous of Miami during this time because that was the only place in the entire country that was not participating in the polar vortex. And for that, I say, fuck you guys. And also, I love you guys. And I wish I was down there. Yeah, my in-laws just got back from New Orleans and they were telling uh, they were they weren't there for the cold, but everybody was still talking about it, mm-hmm. you know. And apparently, you know, New Orleans had gotten down into the 20s, right? And just yeah. to me, that's even mind-blowing. Like, I, yeah. I don't think of New Orleans and, and below freezing temperatures. Not at all. I mean, I remember being there, and this was 2002. I was there in the – it was January of 2002, and we were down there. And it was real late in January, and it was like 60s, you know? Yeah. Again, you're you're coming from Chicago going down there. And so, you know, you're, you're 60s is just like t-shirt weather. Party time. So let me, this is funny. So we basically, uh, today it was 38 degrees here, right? So we had this like huge warm-up um, <laughs> from yesterday to today. It's supposed to be like 40 tomorrow, but it was 38 degrees. Nice, you know, like real windy coming out of the south, like that warm wind, like it's starting to come back. You can feel spring is coming, you know, and not getting the wind coming down from Canada. We actually had that real strong southern wind. I picked up my kids from school. We got a half a block towards home. It was about four block walk from the school to our house. I got about half a block in the street. My kids stopped on the sidewalk, took off their jackets, and walked home in t-shirts. <laughs> like, that's right. Those are Wisconsin kids. <laughs> oh my God! If they were in Miami, they would have been they walked completely home naked. T-shirts, <laughs> and it was thirty-eight degrees, and we're probably talking thirty, forty mile an hour winds too. Oh wow! Yeah, and they were just so happy. It was sunny, and yeah, I mean, I, I have to say, thirty-eight felt amazing considering that seventy degrees warmer almost than where we were uh, you know two three weeks ago well that's why you got to say it's all about perspective because you just used in the same sentence you talked about 38 degrees and you immediately followed it up with you know those warm winds yeah <laughs> 38 degrees got those warm winds coming in Woo. yeah tropical yeah. weather it's Santa Ana there it comes <laughs> All about perspective, folks. All, all about perspective. But yeah, I get it because you live in those conditions long enough, and you know it. it you get used to it. I'm sure you've sure. lost a little. You probably lost some of that winter, that hard edge winter, you know, mentality. Being in Memphis now for better part of ten years. I'm 100% a spoiled Southern boy now. 100%. <laughs> My poor bones and joints and muscles when it gets below 40 degrees, man. I'm like, ah, it's cold. It this hurts. I don't like this at all. Yeah, I'm completely a, a wimp compared to to what I used to be, and I freely admit it. I freely this is admit why that. this is why people retire to the south. Damn right. And part of the reason why I'm going to retire to somewhere tropical, uh, not here, certainly not here. Um, yeah. So the. Uh, 
Kings of Non Sequitur for an hour. We basically spend it uh, mostly on the, uh, the the polar situation. We got other sports topics that we can get into uh, in the after show. Uh, among those things that I've had listed to talk about, uh, we got the uh, national anthem situation with Mark Cuban yep. with the Dallas Mavericks. We got uh, your your guy, uh, the John Cena of the NFL, J.J. Watt, uh, signing in a new place, landing in the desert. And we can talk um, about the the your boy got traded, uh, avoided the near avoided the disaster of going to the Bears, which I'm sure would have made this oh. show a lot more interesting if that had happened. So we can talk a little bit about that too. Thank God, and we'll definitely get to the Mariners GM uh, more on our after show when we come back. All right, into our VIP after show program. I misspoke. It's not the Mariners GM. It's the uh, the team president or the former team president and the uh, the comments that he had. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I guess I'll let you start wherever you want to wherever you want to go. Uh, yeah, well, you had some pretty pretty good things all there picked out, but yeah, no, the only one that I had added to it was the Carson Wentz trade. Um, yeah, we had did our we had done the Super Bowl show, I believe literally or it was the Super Bowl show or the preview show, but literally right in the middle of the Jared Goff Matthew Stafford uh deal. Mm-hmm. So we got that sort of thrown out there. So we already kinda of covered that on the last show and so, you know, I was joking you um about Carson Wentz because there was rumors, uh rumors that the Bears were interested. And it turned out that they truly uh, were not as stupid as we uh, thought they'd be. I hoped they'd be because I just <laughs> not, not so much for uh, you know the X's and O's, but just for your reaction because that would have been radio gold um, if the Bears had done anything significant in trading for Carson Wentz. But no, he ended up uh, he ends up getting traded to Indy. Um, and I hate to say it, but I didn't I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it either um, because uh, the Colts also were not stupid uh, because what the Eagles were clearly doing, uh, it was clear to me anyway, was floating all these people out there that were interested trying to drive the price up. And and they clearly wanted to get uh, reimbursed for that number one pick that they used on Carson Wentz. They wanted at least that back uh, and more. And the Colts were like, no. And the Bears were like, no. And the rest of the league was like, oh, hell no. And finally, their price came down, and and the deal gets made uh, by the Colts. I don't even know if I would have hate hated it if the Bears made that same deal. What the, I, I, I'm ignorant as exactly what the Colts gave up. Is it? It feels like a two two twos. Does that sound right? Um, yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a ton, and I and I'm got all my deals kind of mixed up. But I do believe there might have been some playing time escalators. In there, I think you always end up with uh, things like so that. It's going to turn into a one if he plays a certain yeah, amount of you know, time. Yeah, it's like the deal could get better, but just from a you know from a football perspective, when I looked at the deal, I'm like, well, it makes sense. He's getting reunited with Frank Reich, right? Yep. Um, so if there was anybody in the league who was going to see the potential in, in Carson Wentz after Doug Peterson abandoned him, it was going to be the guy who was his OC um, during that Super Bowl run. And, Probably the only uh, person that would want to pay something like that for him. Yeah. 
and Philip Rivers obviously, uh, you know, he's gone, and so there's there's a void there, and you know, you, yeah, take take a, you know, take a take a flyer on a guy who you're familiar with in a bit of a post hype situation, and 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 for a team like Indy, the cupboard's not bare. I mean, it's one of the best offensive lines in football. They have a a, a good, uh, I would definitely say top ten in the league running back, Jonathan Taylor, kind of emerged. Uh, I know from just a pure rushing standpoint, he was one of the top rushers in the league. And, you know, they have a good defense. So, yeah, if you're going to make this sort of reclamation project work, uh, Carson Wentz couldn't have asked for a better place to go. That's the the key to me was this, uh, sneakily they have one of the best defenses uh, in the league as well. And so that they uh, have a, a case to be made that they – uh, are a quarterback away from being a complete team that can actually make a a serious run, like actually have the right to say that they're one of the best uh, contenders in football because of the the fact that they can can say that they have depth in, in pretty much every place except yeah. for maybe wide receiver, which is the uh, part that might sink the whole deal is the fact that their weaponry isn't all that much better than what Wins had in Philadelphia, but. You know, he, he he couldn't choose who he wanted to go to. He doesn't have the, the no trade like uh, like Deshaun Watson does. And in a, in, a, in in a division that's basically a two team division because you have the Titans, the Colts, and and then the dumpster fire. Um, <laughs> you know that they need they they struck. You know they got the guy. He's young. You know, but we'll see. But I I looked at the move from just a pure football standpoint, and as as much as we trashed on Carson Wentz, you know. He was the shit or the drizzling shits, least valuable player. Yeah. I mean, all the, we, we, we bagged on Carson Wentz all year long and the guy ends up going to what for as bad as he was is the best probably possible landing spot or probably the only landing spot where he would have been. Well, I mean the bears too, but like just an automatic guaranteed, like you're the starter. Yeah. I don't even know if the bears would guarantee it. You know, no. they're, they're... They're Nick talking Foles. about bringing back Trubisky. <laughs> uh. Well, yeah. Well, no, isn't Russell Wilson? Uh, the Bears are on his list. And the, and the Wilson thing to me makes no sense. I didn't realize it. I didn't know that, it, that Russell Wilson was angling so hard to get out of Seattle. I don't know if he is. Deshaun Watson is saying that he will never play for the Texans again. Now, he's angling to get yes. out of Houston. I don't know if Russell Wilson is on that level uh, if he is, he's doing it in a much quieter, I guess, more professional yeah. way. Uh, but the, the deal with Russell Wilson was that he was just making comments, uh, right. expressing his frustration uh, with what's going on in Seattle with lack of uh, protection year after year. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know if he's like politicking, you know. Yeah, I don't know if he's necessarily trying to get out of Seattle. He might be, but but I don't know if that's that's the case or not. Uh, just to clean up and, and be accurate, um, you know, I don't know why we would start now, but after eight years, but uh, Morden Shefty on the ESPN said that the the uh, official trade was Carson Wentz for a three this year and a two next year that could turn into a one if right. Wentz played 75% of the snaps or if Wentz played 70% of the snaps and the Colts reached the playoffs. So a three and a two, which might be a one. And the funny thing is, is the playoff escalator, 
I can buy. It's the playing time one I'm not sure about because Wentz gets hurt all the time. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about with as far as him rebounding and, and becoming the Wentz that was once an MVP candidate is I don't know how healthy he is. I don't know how much of how, how bad did he sucked this past season. I don't know how, how much of that was, was health-related. Uh, he might be one of those guys that's just trying to, to be strong and be the team leader and not talk about how hurt he was, but maybe he was a lot more hurt than he was letting on. And, and Oh, you mean like Drew Brees? Uh, yeah, with the uh, the accordion ribs and, and everything else that was busted <laughs> up on him. And, that we find yeah. out about after the season? Right, after the oh, By the way, I was basically yeah, a cripple. It, Sean Payton basically, I mean, Bill Belichick plays with the injury reports, but if Drew Brees was really that hurt all year, I mean, Sean Payton just went, like, next level. That was like, hold my beer. <laughs> hold my if beer. Watch really this. Yeah. I'm not reporting shit. Ever. <laughs> and and for Sean Payton, not, not a surprise. Not a surprise at all that he would do that. Um. And officially uh, for for the Chicago Bears for not giving in and giving up what the uh, Eagles initially wanted for Carson Wentz, uh, I'll I'll do a, I'll tip my hat and I'll give you some applause. And I'm I'm certainly not trying to say that the Bears are a well-run organization and a great franchise or they're back to being you know the monsters of the midway anything like that. But that was a line a, a possible landmine and they avoided it and for that yeah. they they should be applauded. And if you want to start putting together trade packages and throwing a bunch of ones, uh, wouldn't you do that for Watson? I certainly would. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not, not for wins. <laughs> no, but if you're a team and, and you know that Deshaun Watson's out there and he can be had, uh, I got no problem throwing away a number one for, you know, two, three years. No, the you're issue not- is – in the draft. Uh, no, you're not. No, the issue is apparently that uh, he's not necessarily available. No matter how much he says that he's done with Houston, Houston apparently uh, is saying that, no, you're still under contract and we're not planning to trade you. So that's a standoff. Like I've been reading people uh, such as Peter King that are saying this might turn into like uh, a Le'Veon Bell. Like he might like not play. Oh, yeah. He might just choose to not play and, and just sit out. As long as it doesn't turn into like just a, like a Barry Sanders, and he's just like, you know what, I'm done. He'd be really young for that to happen, but yeah. hey, you know who knows. But no, he's he's done with that organization that much. Uh, he has he has made clear, and uh, for good reason. There, that basically is a complete dumpster fire down there. Um, but no, it's there's still no crazy resolution. considering how good that team was two years ago. Yeah, they they had the weapons. They they had the uh, the talent and, and the defense. I mean, they had they had, they had no had leadership. Defense. No, no, they they had Bill O'Brien, and that was the yeah. problem. Yes, um, but yeah, I don't I don't know what the resolution is going to be to that, but it's probably the most interesting story of the off season is what the hell happens to Deshaun Watson because he's clearly done with them, but they're clearly not done with him. So I don't know. If, if this is just a long game by the, the Texans management to drive his price up as high as possible, like if, if they're just doing this just to make you come into the door with like three ones or something that just blows you out of the water, then great on them. And I'll give them the applause too. But 
I don't think that's what this is. I really think that they think that they have no desire to, to get rid of him and that he's their franchise player and that they, they really think that they can get rid of everybody of value on their team over the last couple of years and keep him uh, and, and build around him and, and build everything up from, you know, you, you uh, uh, an organization, like you said, all the, the talent that they used to have. When you think about Deshaun uh, or, or, or DeAndre Hopkins and you think of J.J. Watt and you think of Whitney Merciless and you think of all these guys that yeah. used to just kick ass for the Texans and all gone now uh, to Devian Clowney, et cetera, et cetera. Well, A.J. AJ and, Boye was there, right? Yeah, and all these guys gone and – you really think you're going to keep Deshaun Watson around and just build around him and, and take that team back to where you were? Really? You, you think that's going to happen? And Deshaun is like, no, I don't think so. Uh, but yeah, that's the standoff. That's the standoff of, of the, of the decade right now is those two uh, factions are just not on the same page at all. But I don't know if they're going to get on the same page. Or like I said, I don't know if this is just Houston uh, just playing as, as much a hard ball as you could possibly play and make teams come to come through the door with a, with a, with a trade offer that just completely blows your socks off. Right. Uh, that especially might be what have, they're doing. Especially now that uh, JJ Watt's gone to the Cardinals. John Cena is uh, is in the desert. JJ Watt is a Cardinal. First of all, to just cut him to just, uh, he, he asked for his release and you just say, okay, Again, this is why I don't think this is that the tex- that the Texans are playing some sort of smart game and some long game. If you're intelligent at all, you trade JJ Watt and get some value. You don't just let him walk. Like what is the, what the hell are you doing? You've got his you've got him under contract. You've got his rights. Uh, he might be declining. He might not. Uh, he's still obviously productive. If he's unhappy with you and he wants to leave, that's fine. But you don't just let him go for nothing. Like that's, I, I was completely mind blown when that happened. So uh, that's why I don't have any confidence at all in the Houston Texans organization for many reasons, but that's just the icing on the cake is you have somebody that valuable, somebody that's former three-time defensive player of the year in the NFL. And he's not 38 years old. He's 31 or 32. He's, he's not completely washed up. And he says, I'm, unhappy here and I just want to leave and you go, okay, what? No, that's, that was just stupid. But he goes to the most fun, bad team in football. They, they are fun. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals are, uh, they're, they're, they, they were fun and they're more fun now. And you call it the, uh, the NFC West, the, uh, the most fun division in football too. It is. I mean, you, you look at all four of those teams, right? You look at Seattle and you look at, the move with the Rams now and they go and they get Stafford and we know that the 49ers are going to be better next year. Right. I mean, just from being healthier, they just have to be. (laughs) And, uh, and then the Cardinals, you know, the the most fun, bad team in football and the, the, all four of those teams um, duking it out all year. Yeah. That is easily the most, and I'm not saying that's the best division. That was not right. You quoted me correctly. It's the most fun division in football. If there's anything I try to do is to, to quote you accurately. I don't yes. ever want to speak for you. Yes. I just one of my, my Twitter posts this week talking about, uh, you know, the, you know, how, how that West NFC West gets no love, you know, while everybody's filleting the NFC East. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Wither Dak Prescott. I am so sick of Dak Prescott. <sighs> story. 
Are they still going? I, I've been I don't so- know. Sign them or don't. I don't know. I don't care. Just do something. I've been so disconnected from anything that's been going on with that. Um, you know, since the nope. Super Bowl, even the Super Bowl week, I mean, like at work, I don't even have the sports talk shows on. Now I have on MLB Network because spring training games are on. Um, right. But up until a couple of days ago when spring training, Saturday, I believe, with the, Saturday or Sunday with the first spring training games, I was literally at work watching, like, I don't know, like, like the history channel shows where they <laughs> write out antiques, you know, or yeah. DIY shows or house hunters, Alaska, or, you know, or tiny Man. house stuff. I mean, I was watching anything but sports. The last two weekends I have watched uh horse racing, like <laughs> all day horse racing on FS1 or something like that. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's been rough. We were watching oh, what we were watching a couple of Saturdays ago. Axe tossing. Was on. <laughs> hey, we got all these channels. Might as well test them yeah. out and see what, no, what's on mean, there. Yeah. Oh no, it's, they're really desperate. Then they're showing <laughs> axe tossing. It was like hatchet tossing, like championships. <laughs> and I remember last summer, uh, like before baseball got started, it was like all the cornhole championships. Oh yeah, yeah. Year. Um, yeah, the Ocho. When, when there's, yeah, pretty. <laughs> I got that. Um, when there's, you know, when there's 800 channels, you don't have to just watch uh, the talk, the Talking Heads on ESPN or FS1 or any of those stations. That you can watch anything. That's right. You can watch every episode of Law and Order if you want. Yeah, I guarantee. If you turn on your TV. There's always an episode of Law and Order on, and there's always a, an episode of a TV show where they're looking for Bigfoot always on. <laughs> well, and then there's always like Food Network, right? You can watch like Barbecue Grill Masters or Chopped, or you know, there's always something to watch. It's always food something. There's always uh, House Hunter type stuff. There's always yeah. trashy reality TV. Uh, there's always uh, Law and Order, and there's always Criminal Minds. Right. You just summed up. No matter what. TV. And that's just with live TV. That's before you even get into <laughs> Netflix, YouTube, Hulu, Voodoo. Oh, wow. Amazon Prime. Disney There's Plus. definitely no no shortage of uh, entertainment options. Discovery Plus, they got it all down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, um, Peacock is actually making the, the big move. Uh, for for pro wrestling because WWE Network just said hell with it we're we're selling out we're done we're trying we're we're through trying to get subscribers and they're going to be exclusively on Peacock now they're just out of the game completely so okay yeah it's, so that, everyone's making their moves that just shift your subscription over you know what I already have Peacock <laughs> so it's right. just seamlessly fits right in. Well, once football season ended, we cut our Hulu Live because that was getting ridiculously expensive. Um, mm. So every yeah, every football season, so once football season starts, I always sign up for one of these no-contract streaming TV services, and then after the Super Bowl, we get rid of it. So we really only pay for live TV with five months out of the year. Right. Hey. You know, we're we're back. You know, to 
we don't even have live TV except for uh, one of the rooms in the house. I think has an antenna. Oh no, the antenna got ripped off the fence. So by one oh. of the wind or something this year. So mm. yeah, we don't even have like an actual live TV feed right now, and nobody notices. You got so many other options. You got it. No, I, I understand. I get it. I just, I can't, I can't get rid of my cable. My wife's been begging me for years. I just, I can't do it. I can't let it go. Can't quit you. I can't quit <laughs> you, cable. <laughs> but hey, uh, that's why I have Peacock is because it's part yeah. of the cable that I already have. They just, they just threw it at me. And with everything being so non, you know, contract now, it's like you can jump in and out of these. You can jump in out of these streaming services. I signed up for HBO Max because they had an offer for like you got six months for like seventy bucks. And I was like, oh, well, what the hell? Why not? My daughter wanted to see the Wonder Woman movie, um, the Godzilla movie that my son really wants to see comes out at the end of this month. So that's all going straight to HBO Max. I'm like, okay, so I paid for six months of this. That's two movies that we would have gone to the show, right? Mm-hmm. That would have cost us seventy bucks just to go to one movie. Sure, you add up exactly all the, the cost with that popcorn and drinks. Yeah. So, yeah, I was like, oh, it makes perfect sense if they're going to be putting these. Uh, oh, and uh, they just had the new Tom and Jerry movie. Yeah, I saw the commercials for that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's awful. Well, what do you expect? I mean, come on. I, I had because you, you, you and I are. Big Tom and Jerry stands, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, nobody... <laughs> I mean, that's the show. Um, you know, nothing beats Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry is made for ten-minute segments, not a two-hour <laughs> animation interspersed with live action where. I mean, literally, there was probably like a half-hour stretch in this movie where it was just the humans. It, like the live action part, you didn't even know Tom and Jerry were still in the movie. And the movie was freaking called Tom and Jerry. Como esta usted, senorita? Didn't they do this to us when we were kids? Didn't they have a Tom and Jerry movie uh, when we were yeah, younger and, yes, and it was they've, bad? They've tried every few years. My, my my kids actually have a couple of their just straight animated movies. Um, like one of them was like Blast Off to Mars. I will tell you what, the first 15 minutes of the Tom and Jerry like Blast Off to Mars movie was better than this whole two-hour movie. <laughs> um, any and any and one of the nice things also though, because uh, they would had the Tom and Jerry movie on HBO Max, is all the old Tom and Jerrys are on there. Okay, now that's worth it. So right, <laughs> so I'm sitting there the one day with Grant, and I'm like, oh, Grant, we got to watch this Boom Flying Cat. <laughs> Just like that, which is the most violent, as we as we as we determined scientifically, <laughs> the most violent episode of Tom and Jerry uh, ever. There's no violence that could possibly match the damage that could be done if you actually were dropped from the air into a redwood tree and split it with your crotch. <laughs> Cannot beat that. And I have to say, that's just one part. Of that episode, <laughs> but yes, we yeah, we determined that you you can't beat that. Yes, that that wins. <laughs> <laughs> that, you can see it in your head now. It, yes. it, he doesn't yes, smooth he either. He hits. <laughs> <laughs> and 
cutting the tree in half. <sighs> yes, but, you know, as much as we know about football, people, we, 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 we know about Tom and Jerry. We repeat, the white mouse will not explode. Now, where else are you going to get this kind of entertainment? No other sports show. Yeah, no, I guarantee no other show right now that's breaking down the new Tom and Jerry movie that's on HBO Max and the Flying Cat and with with drops. <laughs> the White Mouse. And the White Mouse, um, which, which which we've actually, you know, incorporated into our sports show. So that that's even better. That's right. If we ever do sit down and do the, 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 the dictionary, the... Uh, the book of terms for our show that the uh, white mouse is part of the book of terms. Ah, so yes, avoid that movie at all costs. <laughs> I, I was planning to. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, and HBO, we, that's part of our cable subscription. So HBO max just right along with it. That's, that's another part of uh, reason why I can't give up the cables because they keep adding this, these, these services and these things that, that add value to it. Like all the movies on demand that we have, when you add up all the different services on Xfinity and they're pulling all these movies from from Netflix, from Hulu, yeah. from uh, Amazon prime, from all these, these cable uh, uh, networks I've never heard of before. Uh, when you have that many different sources and you got that many movies, it's, it's really hard to, to give it up because, like, that's a that's another form of, of entertainment for me is I'll go to sleep putting on an old movie from on demand. And, and yeah. you know, when I'm through with all the law and orders you know, and I still can't fall asleep, okay, it's time to find, uh, you know, Malcolm X or, or the Ray Charles movie or Purple Rain or something and just put that on and drift off with that, so. But I, yeah, I, I eventually, I'm sure you did this too, where you have uh, almost like this paralysis that sets in when you sit down. And you're like, I want to watch something, and you end up watching nothing because you just can't pick something. Well, that happens when my wife and I decide that we want to watch a movie together because uh-huh. then we have 50 yeah. minutes of going through all these movies and trying to come to a, a mutual decision. Yeah. And that's that's tough because so many times she's in the mood for something completely different than what I'm in the mood for. And that that's where the paralysis come in, is just flipping through these endless numbers of movies. And, <laughs> all right, let's pick this category. Let's but, pick comedy. What comedy do you want? Okay, no, 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 no. If you have the HBO Max and you haven't watched it yet and you want to sit down and watch something that you didn't wouldn't think would be entertaining with the wife, sit down and watch the uh, documentary uh, called Class Action Park. Oh, what's that about? It's about an amusement park where people Class die. Action Park? <laughs> okay. The place was called Action Park, and so many people got hurt and died there. <laughs> they called it Class Action Park. It's actually a very good documentary. Oh, it's about yeah. Six Flags in uh, in St. Louis. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like New Jersey. It's really messed up. And oh. like it's off it starts off it's about about hour and a half hour and 45 minutes long and the first like hour is like really funny and the last like 45 minutes it gets so dark (laughs) because people start dying there 
you know, like literally the guests are dying. Not like this is this is an all true story. This is not like a murder mystery or anything that's being um you know, sensationalized. This is like literally people dying on rides. That that sounds like something you would enjoy very much. <laughs> very good. It actually was quite funny. Until <laughs> I don't it was. know if she I don't know until it was. I don't know if my wife would enjoy that necessarily. I would probably enjoy it too. Yeah, my wife and I actually like I'm sitting there, you know, and we were both watching it and my wife's like, this is I, I wouldn't think I'd like this, but this is really good. <laughs> like, yeah. So I'll, I'll have to look through that. Class action park. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's a good watch. Way better than the Tom and Jerry movie. <laughs> Anything's better than that. Especially being a fan. It, yeah, it's like for for my kids to watch it, it was inoffensive and cute, and and they got through it okay. They did. I didn't even get the sense that they liked it that much. Well, that you know, sucks because it's four kids. Do you know how easy it is to trick a six year old and a nine year old into liking something? Right. Especially if it's a cartoon that's supposed to be four kids. Like it's so bored by the end of the movie, and I was like, Trini, you know, usually he's like, well, that was great. I was like, Trini, did you like that? Yeah, it was okay. I was like, ooh. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's not good. Lost the nine-year-old. <sighs> well, but but they got to know, again, they did this to us as kids. I remember we I, we may have been in high school, but they came out with a Tom and Jerry movie, and it was, it was ass, and it was like... <laughs> We had no interest in going to see it. Yeah, again, just, you could tell on the commercials, yeah. it's just bad. Again, it's made for <laughs> ten minutes. It, it's the, because it's it's just it it's a cat chasing a mouse. That's all it is. Yeah, you can't really extrapolate that into two hours unless you're no. really trying to add on and make a big story and, and add layers and bad guys here and murder mystery mm-hmm. here and, and yeah, trying to make it into Scooby Doo basically. They tried without the murder, but they tried right. to make it like there's this compelling story that was not compelling. You just don't care about these people. <laughs> uh, it, it looked like it looked like it was bad on the commercial. Yeah, so. it's it's a it, it's a half star, one star type movie. <laughs> That's pretty bad. All right. Um, so these other sports stories that happened while we were off, uh, not a whole lot's been going on. It's, you know, the, the sports uh, winter storm, as we call it, or what, you know, whatever name that we give it, the, the, the sports desert that, that is February and March. Uh, but the uh, f- uh, former Seattle Mariners president, Kevin Mather, made some uh, some news for himself, and it wasn't very good news at all. Uh, this was, uh, he's, he was having a Zoom meeting on February the 5th with the Bellevue Rotary Club for some unknown reason. And he felt really confident. I, I'm, I actually kind of assume he had a couple of pops or something for him to, to be feeling this good. But he was saying a lot of shit that you normally don't hear people say uh, in public and you never hear baseball executives say in public, that's for sure. Uh, among some of these comments were, uh, he was he was mad at having to pay for an interpreter for a Japanese player uh, back in the day, and that got him on a kick about language. So he decided to uh, describe 
uh, a prospect, Julio Rodriguez, as, quote, loud and saying uh, his English was, quote, not tremendous. Um, and he went on from there to candidly say that certain highly touted prospects like Rodriguez and like Jared Kellenick uh, would not be called up early and would not be playing under any circumstances. He actually uh, said that he, you would see his fat belly out there in left field before you saw Jared Kellenick because uh, of service time. That you, he just came right out and said, look, you're not going to see him. It's going to be 2022, 2023 before you see these guys. Uh, because of service time, because we're just not going to call these guys up. And he talked about another prospect, and he said, uh, April 1st, don't don't think about him. But, but after that, uh, you know, and about 10 days after that, you're going to see this guy, and he's really good. He's going to be the goods. And it's like, you never hear guys say that out loud. That's the quiet part that they don't say out loud, that they, yeah. they're manipulating all this service time. We're very familiar with all of that. It's one of my biggest uh, pet peeves in, in all of baseball is the clear manipulation of service time like that. Uh, so, so your thoughts in, uh, about these, these comments? Uh, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the racial stuff is just, I got it. I mean, come on. I, maybe, maybe he thought firing for that. He, he must've thought he had the room or something, but this, this is, what are you doing? The zoom. He, he had the room in the zoom and they, yeah, he got the zoom. All right. <laughs> right out of town. Yeah, you got the you got the bang zoom. <laughs> you got the honeymooner <laughs> zoom. Um, to the moon. That's right. That's where he's going. Uh, you can't say stuff like that. Come on. There's nothing you, you can't really add anything to that. It's just stupid. What, what do you? You can't. No. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about a fact that you didn't like the fact that you have to hire an interpreter, you, you if you are signing a player from Japan, what do you expect? Or from any country in which English is not their first language. Yes, yes whether it's the Dominican or you get a Cuban defector, right? I mean, these guys right. are all falling over each other to get these Cuban defectors. And then if you're going to go and complain, oh, God, I had to hire this guy a... I hired this guy to interpret. Like Jesus, learn English, dude. Oh man, come on. Yeah, this other guy, his English is not tremendous. Well, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> what do you expect, idiots? God. Uh, the service time thing. Yeah, that, that you know, I get on my rants, and you know, there I have my my sore spots, like with certain rules and things in in sports, and you have yours. I mean, we both kind of have our third rails, or you know, those open nerves that, that you know, things that just really get us going. Uh, that one, I, I know that's one of yours. We talked about this mm-hmm. pretty extensively with the Chris Bryant situation because that's been in yep. the the runtime of this show, which is probably the most you know relevant. I think where it was like it was that obvious. Like you watched this kid in the spring, you're like, he's got nothing left to work on. Uh, but oh no, he's got to work on some stuff. No, oh, no, we think Mike Olt is the best yeah. option to start our season. <laughs> Michael with his 188 career batting average or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we need we need to him up at, on the big team so that the very first day Chris Bryant is eligible, he's going to figure it out. And, he's and ready now. Get him up here. Yeah, now he's yeah. So it's well, a double ten days rule. in the minors. He's ready now. He's polished. Yeah, it's a garbage rule. It needs to go away. I mean, I'm I don't yeah. know why they haven't. You know, CBO. Uh, you know, or CBA and gotten rid of that. And tried to do something because that is such a dumb rule. But then to say it, to, 
yeah. don't know what you're doing. Because never hear them say it out loud. Can't say it out loud because then you give a player a case. That's exactly what uh, Kellenic and, and Rodriguez have, and others. Yeah, and, and to file a grievance or to sue the union mm-hmm. or the league, because um, that is that's not right. Especially if it's it's the only reason that they're doing it is so that they can garner the extra year of service time. Yeah, so yeah, this guy, man, I, I wonder. He just wanted to be fired. Uh, he's apparently not a good guy anyway. Like he had oh, okay. uh, harassment issues even before this years ago. So he's he's just not a good. Uh, he's uh, he's, he's going to be the next uh, governor of New York or something. I don't know, but he's uh, just not not a good person. But yeah, um, and I've told I've told the uh, Chris Bryant story. I'm sure multiple times. I'm going to tell it again. I'll try to make it quick. But the reason it's such a, a hot button with me is because uh, back when I was uh, charting these minor league baseball games for the uh, Memphis Redbirds down here, and the Iowa Cubs is of course one of their big rivals in the uh, Pacific Coast League, which no longer exists thanks to uh, uh, Major League Baseball busting up the the minor leagues effectively, and that's a whole nother issue that pisses me off. But anyway, um, so that spring that Chris Bryan had that he showed everybody that he was clearly ready to start in the major leagues and they decided to send him down. Uh, the Iowa Cubs first four games happened to be here at Memphis. And I was able to get out there to the park and uh, scout three of those games or at least three. I may have been at all four. I, I don't remember. But what struck me was that I, went in to these games thinking Chris Bryan was going to be in the middle of, of these Iowa Cubs lineup uh, trying to hit every ball, you know, 800 feet, trying to hit every ball back to Chicago uh, to hit Theo Epstein in the head and say, Hey, dumbass, I'm ready to go. Let's go. Um, and instead that he, he decided to take the time to actually work on his game and night after night, effortlessly swat opposite field doubles uh, to drive in runs and not try to hit everything 600 feet and to show, look, I'm a baseball player. I'm ready to go. I don't just jack home runs. I, I do. I play defense. I uh, hit for power, hit for average, uh, run a little bit. I do it all. And, and I'm going to work on my game. I'm going to take this opportunity to actually work on my game. Like they say, Hey, I'm not ready yet. Okay. Let me show you how ready I am. And I'm going to actually do baseball things and hit the other way and, and hit behind runners uh, and do all these other little things that show that it's such a, a, a dumb decision to have me down there because I'm clearly, I mean, when you, it, it's basically the same as if you would watch LeBron James playing in high school. If you remember watching those games and it's like, yeah. okay, this dude don't belong on the same court as these other dudes. Like this is not the same creature as these other guys. And that's what, that's the, uh, the, the feeling that you got watching Chris Bryant before they finally called him up. And of course he went on to win rookie of the year and MVP and everything else, because he was clearly ready. So that's why it's such a, a hot thing to me is because I got to see it in action. I got to see clearly this guy that doesn't belong in triple a baseball. Um, and, and here he is working on his game and, and just embarrassing uh, basically the, the entire organization uh, while he was doing it. Yeah. And it was a sore subject. Um, I think all along for Bryant, that's been a sore subject. And now he's in a situation where he's uh, about to be uh, a free agent after this year. This is the year that they manipulated. So this is it right now. And yeah. he's he's in a situation where it it's appears pretty clear that they're going to 
uh, go to the trade deadline and then and, and flip them. And after all this time, after all the manipulation, uh, and after him and, and Anthony Rizzo and Javi Baez and all the other uh, guys that are the core of that team that went on to, to win a world title and become uh, baseball legends in Chicago until the end of time, um, that the business is going to take over again. You got the he got the business end of it uh, in the beginning uh, when they manipulated him. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And he's about to get the business end again. Uh, because it looks like pretty clear to me that they're going to probably trade him. Uh, because if not, they probably would have locked him up by now, you know? So um, it, right. it, it sucks. That's yeah, that, that was the problem. That. I, that was the problem all along with that Cubs team was there was no way that you knew they were ever going to pay all those guys. So there were going to be casualties on that team, you know? And and Bryant, I th- I just think be- I-, I know Rizzo won't be the guy who goes. Baez, I Baez isn't going anywhere. I don't. I mean, so I think they're going to be more apps. So when you look at that core, um, I think it's it's Contreras, it's Baez, and it's Rizzo. I think are the guys who get kept. I think Chris Bryant's the one uh, standing up when the music stops without a chair. Yeah, I think they're trying to save money to uh, give the uh, the bag to Baez. I think he's going to be the one that they basically uh, yep. build around when it's all said and done. But and, it it just sucks because you should be able to keep all those guys. Yeah. There's, well, no, Bryant there's no has, salary cap. No, and Bryant has been not as good uh, since that World Series. He's been nicked up. He's had a couple. He's had some down years. Um, he has not been as productive as he was those first few years. But somebody like that should be your, you know, he should be their George Brett. Like, even if he declines yeah, a little bit, he, should he still be, should be, yeah. you know, their franchise. He should be on the hot corner every day. I still didn't understand any of this crap with them playing him in left field. He's the best defensive yeah. third baseman on the team. Um, David Bodie is not the future, <laughs> but okay. Or David Bowie. Uh, yeah, uh, he said, let's dance. That's right. So yeah, that that's definitely uh, one of my hot button issues. Um I don't know if you had any real thoughts about the uh, the national anthem situation. That's another one of my hot button issues. Yeah, not these are, yeah, on yours. these are really kind of striking on yours because you have Mark Cuban who's like, Ah, we're just not gonna do it and then it was like the wrath came down upon mm-hmm. Mark Cuban. And they're like, Well, okay, I guess we will. <laughs> That's exactly my issue with it. It's very similar to the Colin Kaepernick situation where they both make a decision about the anthem without publicizing it. And then only after media noticed, uh, or maybe fans, I don't know what the deal exactly with uh, the the Mavericks, but uh, I guess it was thirteen the first 13 games of the season uh, that Mark Cuban decided that the Dallas Mavericks would not play the national, national anthem before their game just uh, as a result of his dialogue with his players and thinking that it was uh, – enough of a hot button situation that he, he just doesn't need to, to play it at all. Yeah. Better um, to walk fir- away is what they're saying. And, and the first 10 of those games had no fans because of what, what, uh, COVID and everything. Uh, so it might've been something where then he lets the fans in or uh, some fans and they notice and they brace a stink, or I don't know if, if the media know, I don't know exactly how that, that happened, but I, I do know that it struck me as similar to the Kaepernick deal because Neither one of them said a damn thing when they made their decisions to uh, you could call, you you could call it a protest if you want 
Uh, but when they made their decision, they did it for their reasons, and they decided, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And they didn't run to the to the media and, and start trying to call attention to themselves. The media came to them, and then the people, like you said, swarm on them, and the the uh, the p- court of public opinion comes down on them. And the the the, the anthem, whether it was protested or or disappeared in in Mark Cuban's case. Um, it wouldn't cause any controversy or uproar unless and until it was publicized. So it almost proves the point to me that the anthem is, is useless and doesn't need to be played because nobody cared at first because they didn't notice because it's not that important. It really isn't. But then the public, the, the publication comes and the NBA basically comes down on Cuban and says, okay, we have a rule. Every team has to play the anthem. Well, guess what? 13 games, and you didn't know about them not playing the anthem. So how important is this rule exactly? Because you didn't even know. So give me a break with that. Uh, so that was my issue with this. That just reminded me of Cap that, you know, they, they make their decisions, and people, some people, not all, uh, find out about it and decide, kind of like the, the the whole Mr. Potato Head controversy, if you were keeping up with that this past week. I saw, I saw that. That some people really need something to get mad about. Like what? No matter what the situation is, no matter what the actual facts of the matter is, some people really need to get mad. Um, and, and you know, being fair and looking at both sides of it, there are a lot of people in this country that really wanted to get mad last year and last summer, um, marching in the streets and protesting. Uh, so we see what happens when you get enough people riled up and you get enough uh, flames and, and you know you fan enough flames that you can get you know, a whole lot of emotions involved. And, and that's just, you know, we're human and that's what happens. Uh, but for something like the anthem thing that I, I really don't, I've, I've never seen the point of, of the anthem being played before games. And to me, this sort of still to me proves, proves the point even more that they weren't playing it uh, and nobody noticed. And then 13 games in, oh, wait a minute. Obviously somebody noticed and, and publicized it, but if it wasn't noticed before that, then you know, really, how, how important was it? That, that's just that's all I wonder about. Yeah, I, you 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 are well documented on that one. Yeah, so I, I, I don't get it. I don't have, I, you know, I can 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 I be in? I'm pretty indifferent to it. I mean, when I go to the game, I do it. I don't. I'm not offended by it. It's not something where it's like, oh, I'm oh man, this is stupid. So I, so again, it's sort of the non-reaction reaction where you, you know, you've got the, well, it should be there. And then you've got people on the, you know, on the other side who are like, well, you got to have it. It's this patriotic thing and you're not a patriot. And I'm just sort of, eh, whatever. <laughs> I don't really care. You, you don't have to have a hot take on it. It's, if, if, I mean, if it doesn't strike right. you, it doesn't strike has, you. Not has to be right. Not everything has to register and create the emotional reaction or the outrage of the day or Twitter explodes, you know, like the whole Mr. Potato Head thing. It's like, Okay, if people want to be outraged about that, I didn't know that it needed to change. Apparently, <laughs> you know, so I, I kind of fall into the category of what was wrong with Mister Potato Head. I I don't I don't know. Like I said, is pe- people want to get mad at something, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, we look at, look at all the things that you know. We 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 can't fix racism, but we can get black people off our syrup. One step at a time. <laughs> I, I guess that's a that's that's one step is to, to no yeah. longer have Aunt Jemima uh, in the stores. That that's one and, way to cure now, it. I, I don't know. 
diagnosis potato head. I, I guess. So yeah, so we're we're, we're fixing things. We're, we're we're inclusive now. We 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 fire uh, or you know we relieve voice actors of their duties if they're not portraying an animated character that's the same race as them. Yeah. Which um, I guess fixes things. I, I, that's the one I do have issues with, with all this, you know, when you can't have certain people playing, like, uh, wait a minute, it's people. It's acting. It's called acting. Acting. Just saying, it's acting. I think I get the bigger, I guess, issue behind that is they're just trying to, they're saying, look, we have, we don't have that many roles for, for black people as it is. So now we're going to create black characters, but we're not even going to have black people play those characters. Like we, there's already people of color looking for work in, in, in all these industries, but we're going to just overlook them because, well, we've decided that so-and-so plays you better than you. Like what? So I, I think I get the bigger issue behind that. Oh, but everything is, we've got so much forced diversity. I mean, we've had that for years in movies now where they were complaining about uh, like a, a movie that took place in world war one. Didn't, you know, like in a, like in a battle situation, didn't have enough women in the movie. <laughs> there weren't enough black people in the movie that took place on the Western front during world war two. They're, there's a reason for that. <laughs> they, they weren't around, or they were in right. the back. Uh, yeah, I, 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 historical accuracy, you know, it's okay. You could make a movie now. You could, like, if I wanted to make a movie about like Afghanistan or Iraq or any current wars, it's probably going to be a lot more representation. This is true. Oh. But those are just you, you, those articles are all out there, and you know that there's there's all you can't do anything without somebody pointing out you know that you gotta have you gotta have this you gotta have this so come up okay whoa, whoa slow it down a second there. I'm offended that like you know one of the greatest film characters of all time was a white guy voiced by a black guy. That would be Darth Vader, right? Right. I'm not um, offended as a white person that a black person did that voice. I really don't it, care. See, I fall into the I don't care of a lot of things. Yeah, I know. And that brings the, a lot of the issues uh, to the fore is that not all, again, not all white people, but uh, a lot of white people that don't care about those things, it's because they don't have to care. Because it doesn't really affect them, and, and I understand if it doesn't affect you, it doesn't affect you. Again, you don't have to have a hot take about it. You don't have to to care about something. Uh, but those of us that are affected by that, uh, that want more representation, that want more diversity, because uh, we need to have that. We need to have more people uh, that that look like us, that sound like us, uh, so that our children can see that they're not, uh, you know as isolated uh, as, as they feel that I would hate for black kids to grow up feeling the way that I felt growing up 
looking at TV, looking at movies, and not seeing a whole lot of people like me unless they were uh, chugging and jiving like George Jefferson or uh, doing what you're talking about, Willis, you know, like uh, Gary Coleman. Uh, there, there weren't a whole lot of, of people, uh, respectable people on TV that look like me. So I think that's what it gets down to is the, the people uh, who who aren't represented. Uh, of course, they're going to feel a lot more strongly about things like that. Uh, and, and some of the people that are already represented, they don't see a problem. They don't have a problem with it. And I, and I understand that. Uh, but for, for the rest of us, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty important to, uh, get some more force diversity as, as some may call it, uh, because it's, it's, it's important. You got to have more people that look like, uh, the, the, the minority or the, uh, the, the people that are, uh, you know, trying to not be as marginalized. Um, it, it's really difficult to not feel marginalized when you look up and, and you see almost nobody, you know, that looks like you. So I think that's what that, that gets down to. I, again, I don't think it's been an issue for a while now. No, it's, it's better. It's, it's much better than it used to be. It's better than it was when, when, when we were kids, that's for sure. Right. So that's, but that's sort of where, it be, you know, sort of the point is like, as you move past these things, you move past these things. Right? It's like right, on to the you next actually thing. move past them. Right. <laughs> that's what I mean. It's beyond to the next thing or, you know, it's not a thing. It seems like it's always a thing. Well, we're still it's still a work in progress for a, for a lot of situations. Uh, I did have something of of, of uh, humor to bring up really really quickly. Um, we we talk about funny names sometimes. I think there's more of a thing for me than than you necessarily. But I'm a fan of of funny names, names of the year, and uh, things like that. So getting ready for the big dance, which is coming up a lot quicker than, than I thought it was. Uh, it's only a couple of weeks away. They're going to do the selection Sunday, uh, next Sunday, not this coming Sunday, but next Sunday. So that'll probably oh. be the next time. I don't even yeah. watch. Oh, man. <laughs> I know. I, know. I, I haven't. College band. You know what? We'll probably have our best brackets in years. <laughs> probably. Because I haven't hardly watched either. Um, I, and I'm definitely not keeping a big notebook of notes that I did uh, last year and the year before. I think I'm still sore off of last year that I, all these notes and I had to just throw them away because they just called the, the tournament off just completely. Just nope, we're not well, having I mean, it. I was in one of the conference championships and they literally ended it at halftime and they called the guys off the court. I was like, oh boy, like everybody's running off the court like they're literally all going to get coronavirus <laughs> at halftime. Of this, you know, like, good guys, get off the court, get off the court, it's coming, it's coming. Yep, that's what we talked about earlier, just uh, the impending doom and fear that's been uh, in the air for uh, a year now. Uh, but uh, a big player in the uh, in the big dance is, is on the uh, Fighting Illini, uh, University of Illinois. They've got a really good team. Uh, they just... Uh, they just had a big win tonight. Uh, they're ranked number four in the country. And uh, they got a big man in the middle, a big, burly dude. He's he's muscular and uh, really talented. And his first name is Kofi, which is fine. And his last name, uh, I don't know. Have you? I don't know if you've heard of the guy or not. Probably not. But I actually um, have. Just, oh, okay. The, like, is this the huge guy? Yeah. Yeah, and, I've and, heard of him. And, 
And his last name is 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 one of the weirdest things I've ever seen and heard. Uh, for those of you who don't know, his last name is the Center for the University of Illinois. You can look him up online if you want. The last name is spelled C-O-C-K-B-U-R-N. In every possible dialect in the world that I could think of, that would be pronounced Cockburn. Yes. It's not pronounced Cockburn, apparently. It's pronounced Coburn. I am absolutely at a complete loss as to how you get Coburn out of C-O-C-K-B-U-R-N. I am, I, I could not believe it when I heard these people. I'm like, who is Because I see the name on the back of the jersey, and then I hear the, the announcers talking about what a great play by Coburn. And I'm like, Coburn, who, where is, who, who is Coburn? I, I saw Cogburn make a big dunk. I, I, wait a minute, wait. They're talking about Cogburn. Coburn? How the hell you get Coburn out of that? I I was just I, I could not believe that. So like Dutch or something. I, I don't know. I yeah. I, 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 I should probably take the time to actually look it up. It's like they didn't want I, to say they just don't want to say Cockburn. That's what I, I mean. That's because clearly the man's name is Cockburn. Okay. It, yeah. It's 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 Cockburn. I, well, if I was him, I'd head down, I'd pay my 500 bucks, and I'd get my name changed to Crotch Rod. <laughs> <laughs> and just be done with it. Which is about as bad as Cockburn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, or Jokic. So- or like Jokic from, uh, was that Denver? Where, where's Jokic oh, the Joker. play? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nikola, it's, it's pronounced Jokic, actually. Jokic, um, even though yeah. it's basically, even though well, it's... you know, but it'd be funny if his name was actually spelled like Jokic, you know, where it was actually J-O-C-K-I-T-C-H. And then they'd no, be like, no, 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 no. it's Jokic. It's Jokic. <laughs> no, no, that clearly says Jokic. No, 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 Jokic. No, 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 no. Jokic. You don't understand where this man is from. It's pronounced Jokic. It's a very royal <laughs> name where he's from. Um. <laughs> Ovi Cogburn is uh, Jamaican, according to uh, Wikipedia. Oh, first of all, his name should be Kofi Kingston. That would make it way better. <laughs> but then we wouldn't have the Cogburn situation. That'd be something right. completely different. <laughs> um, the first thing on Google uh, under Cogburn is how is Cogburn pronounced? That's the first question. <laughs> <laughs> it should be, because it's Cogburn. Yes. Um, the next question under that is, what does Cockburn mean? Um, I'm sorry, Coburn. Uh, I think uh, we had a Joe Montana commercial about that. Boy, howdy. <laughs> what does Cockburn mean? Uh, Ronnie Lott has a Ronnie Lott has a, something to say about what does Cockburn Boy, howdy. <laughs> better, Kofi? Uh, Masculine <laughs> How'd you know? Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and according to Google, uh, Coburn uh, is originating from the juxtaposition of cock derived from the old English word cock, meaning more cock, wild bird or hill with burn derived from the old word Burma, Burna meaning brook or stream. So this is, uh, what were you talking about? Dutch. Uh, so old English, uh, somewhere uh, in that vicinity. So that's how you get Coburn 
from from Cogburn. Uh, so, so it's a little edu- education for us tonight. This is just to put it all in a neat little book. You got to yeah. blame white people for that. It's white people's fault <laughs> because that's a colonial. That's a right. That's a British colonial thing <laughs> that changed Cockburn into Coburn. Oh, Coburn! Oh, it's such a royal manly name, Coburn. <laughs> Dude, that's Cockburn. Coburn. I mean Coburn. Wait, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Clearly, this is Coburn. The silent CK. Um, I'm oh. sorry. That's that's just not something I'm. I I never heard of that. I could not believe it when I saw it. And I'm 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 a name guy, so it made me laugh when I I've been hearing this for for two oh, I, months I actually, now. One of the things on the periphery that I have been very aware of this year with college basketball is actually how good Illinois actually is. And it's only because of this guy. Because <laughs> of the Coburn guy. <laughs> like, yeah, like they're Zion Williamson, basically. Yeah, yeah, he's he's very big, very skilled, and uh, he's he's definitely their 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 force. Um, and and their or whatever, it be gone. Yes, that, absolutely. And then they're, he's so good that their second best player is a guard, uh, Io Disonu, Disonu, yep. I think is his name, um, who didn't even play tonight, and they went into Michigan and, and kicked their ass anyway. So the yep. because they still they still had the Cockburn. <laughs> Can't, can't beat the Cockburn, man. He's he's on. So yeah, that's we're we're gonna do our big dance uh, preview uh, in a couple of weeks. But yeah, you've already been warned. It's definitely not gonna be as as detailed from my end uh, as it usually is because I'm not keeping notes with all these guys this year. I'm still yeah. burned out from last year. Um, maybe next year I'll do it again, but I just couldn't make myself this year. Uh, so okay. maybe it'll be maybe it'll be more of. Uh, 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 stat based and and metric based. Maybe I'll go into the, more of the numbers and see if I can uh, finagle and find a winner that way. Because uh, otherwise, I have no idea what these these games that they're gonna have the you know these seven eight matchups and these you know six elevens. Usually, I've seen all these teams at least once, and I can give you at least something. Uh, I'm not gonna have anything on most of these teams, so it's gonna be a different show for sure. Yeah, I would say for me, it's going to be probably binge binge watching a lot of these uh, conference tournaments. Right, right. Or at least yeah, having I'll... them on. So I, sh- I should probably make more of an effort to put on a little bit more college basketball these next couple of weeks. I guess is what you're saying. Interspersed between spring training. Well, look, House Hunters will be there. It's always there. I, it's I know. It will always be there. You know, Guy Fieri will still be there. You can you can go to Flavortown anytime. Um, but yeah, we got a couple of weeks to, to cram and get ready for the big dance, and uh, and yeah, we, we we should be doing that. So our upcoming that'll be our next show, I would imagine. That will be our next show. Probably uh, it's going to be in a couple of weeks. Uh, after that, baseball starts up uh, officially on Thursday, April first. So our yeah. preview will come somewhere obviously before that. Uh um, yeah, that's actually spring that's that week that I'm on spring break. Um mm. which starts on that Monday for me actually. So if and, and I have no idea. We have sort of a of a no plan plan for spring break right. because we're actually like doing a lot of wait and see is like what's the weather gonna be? What are COVID restrictions gonna be like? Where are we gonna go? What are we gonna do? Um, so we might be home that week. 
we might not. So if we're going to do a baseball preview, let's shoot for the that Sunday night. Let's shoot for the 28th. Yeah, that's that's fine. The weekend before uh, baseball starts is, is yeah, perfect. Either, yeah, either either that Saturday night um, or that Sunday night. Do a nine. We can do a nine o'clocker. Uh, either one of those for our baseball preview. Okay, no problem with that. Uh, WrestleMania uh, is coming up on Sunday, April the 10th, and our tradition with that is to do the Monday before that uh, after Monday Night Raw. So that would be right wow. immediately. April the 10th. After, yeah, <laughs> right immediately after spring break. So yeah. uh, cramming in our, our shows. And then two weeks after that is the Oscars on Sunday, April the 25th. Uh, that is going to be extra interesting this year because, as uh, as we talked about, um, so many of these movies now available on demand at home. You don't have to go to the theater. Uh, you know, we can watch theoretically along with Dave the Movie Expert. We can actually uh, catch some of these movies. We don't have we don't have to get up and get out and get to the theater and see any of them. Um, so we'll see how many of those that we catch. I'm sure there's going to be some that are going to be available for like no cost to us. Uh, or at least to me, with uh, I'm the one with cable. I, f- I keep forgetting that you don't have cable. Uh, but there's still, I'm sure, will be ways for you to to, to see some of these movies. There's, there's it's just like wrestling uh, pay per views. If you want to find them for free, uh, they're there. You just have to do a little work. But uh, if you really want to see them, uh, they'll be there for you. Um, yeah, I have is... a of a thing about that to talk about. So I, I want to propose a rule here for the academies for, for the golden globes and all this, because all these shows are stupid anyways. Right. I, I posted about that this week. Like, right. We just, I, I I've moved past it. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm over it. Yeah. Right. The self-congratulatory sort of tone that everything has. Um, I'm seeing that they're talking about this, this movie literally just came out that that's getting all this Oscar buzz was the, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, right? What about right. Black Panthers? When I like historical stuff, I'll probably end up watching that one. And I have a problem that movies could come out like in February <laughs> and get Oscar buzz for April. Can we just like have a calendar year thing here for you know, like it's actually got if you want to win the Oscar for that year, it's gotta come out that year. Yeah, that's usually how it works. It should, yeah. So when I when I start seeing like they've got the Entertainment Weekly magazine talking about the movie, and like it's literally it's literally one of the most recent issues, like within the last week or two of this movie releasing, and they're talking about all this Oscar buzz. I'm like, well, is that for 2022? <laughs> no, nope, that's for this year. It's like, oh, come on. And again, that's not an indictment of the movie or anything because I haven't seen it. I'm just any. It's like, please, just. Stop! Stop, people! Please. I but did I not know that they had started doing that. I know they always used to try to sneak these movies in, like in December, like all yeah. these talky, you know, usually something with like Anthony Hopkins and right, he's like going to get some <laughs> big Oscar push, right? Because nobody's going to go see it at the theater, but you had to kind of drop it so that it could get the the Oscar buzz. Like, well, how are you going to get Glenn Close a nomination? Come on! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for a movie that nobody watched, right. um, or will ever watch, uh, you know. But if yeah, the, uh, you'll, you'll have the Oscars on April 25th. You might as well just put this movie out in, on April 23rd. <laughs> what a great movie! It needs to win the Oscar tomorrow night. <laughs> so please, Academy, stop for the love of God. 
There you have it. Jason has spoken. <laughs> I, I honestly didn't know they had started doing movies the next year to be nominated for the Oscars for the previous year. I, I didn't even yeah. and know I, that I, was I a thing. The COVID thing or the movie was supposed to, you know, here's my suspicion. This movie came out at one theater somewhere. <laughs> On December 30th. Uh, December, yeah, December 30th, this movie played in in Smyrna, Georgia, <laughs> at one theater that was probably closed to get in under the deadline. Uh, you're probably right. <sighs> That's all I have I to remember. say. I remember that great movie that I saw on New Year's Eve in Wichita Falls, Texas, and nobody else was there. Um <laughs> They had the Netflix rule a couple of years ago, which we talked about a lot on the show, because they had that one mm-hmm. that got nominated for Best Picture, but it showed in like three <laughs> theaters or something like that. Right. It just like fit the rule. Yeah. Yeah, I had no now, problem. With that. Yeah, this is, not a, this is nothing to do with content or, or anything else. If it, it didn't matter, it could any movie. But I see this magazine, and it's like, are you kidding me? This movie just came out. <laughs> And I don't now they're doing the, the, the three theater rule. They're just like, hell with it. Yeah. I don't care if it would have been The Godfather, too. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm with you on that, Rand. I, I I did not know they were doing that. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd love to be able to talk about all this with, with Dave, the movie expert. He always comes through for us every year. Jerry always comes through for us for uh, WrestleMania as well. I love and appreciate both of those guys. Um, but again, I'm uh, slightly worried about Dave's availability this year because I just haven't been able to get a hold of him uh, since the yeah. uh, passing of his father. I've been trying to text him and send him Facebook messages, and he's probably just, you know, taking care of business and, and grieving and, and doing all the things that you do uh, for that. Uh, so I'm not going to worry too much. We still got a, a plenty of time because, of course, this year the Oscars is in the at the end of April, so there's. More weeks to to get that straightened out than uh, than usual. Perfectly ties with my Golden Globe rant on Twitter the other day. There, there's just there's more important things, right? Sure. There's just so much. Like if 2020 taught us anything, it's like there's just so much more to life. Um, that I don't need to see uh, a Hollywood elite circle jerk. I just don't. And, and neither do I, which is why I didn't watch. Look at how amazing we are. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. We get it. And it'll, part of that too is I pick up my phone and it's like I'm looking. And it's all. It's all. It's about is who wore what. Oh, who wore what? It was the Golden Globes. Oh, who wore what? It was just on like freaking Zoom. <laughs> right. Um, the only thing I know about who wore what was uh, Jodie Foster wore no shoes, right? Because she was showing her bare feet. So I don't know why. It wouldn't matter who wore what because everybody was sitting at home. So, but yeah, but what's what's worse, the fact that she was barefoot, or the fact that you know that now? <laughs> I, I, it just happened to come up while I was scrolling Twitter. I, exactly. I wasn't looking for it. Believe me. <laughs> it's, yes, I, I've I've come to the realization that Twitter, Facebook, and all the, these places were all just the worst place on earth. Um, it, it, I've thought about you so many times in uh, in this uh, media class that I'm taking and, and all the things that I've been reading uh, about 
the way news is made, the way social media uh, plays into it, uh, the way new stars are being made. Um, it, every time I come across something about, uh, well, so-and-so, uh, no one knew who she was, but then she, uh, her profile on social media and, and, and Twitter exploded. And now everybody, and I was like, oh. <laughs> my, my, my best friend says this is the end of the, the world. And, and he might be right. He, he might have a point. I hope you have a barf bag for that class. <laughs> it's it's been uh, it's been illuminating. I'll, I'll just put it that way. It's, it's, I would my... imagine. I would imagine. Yeah. So yeah, that's our upcoming schedule. So we'll be back in a couple of weeks with our March Badness picks, which should be very very uh, interesting to say the least. Uh, no outro music this week because we've gone uh, past the after show. We're in the after after show now. So uh, be interesting. Think- it's all recorded, but yeah, because we're at the two twelve mark now. So when this goes to podcasts uh, in the morning, when I get up, it'll be interesting to see if this shows that it's a two hour and you know roughly two hour and thirteen, two hour and fourteen minute show. Yeah, I, I think it will based on the uh, past times that we've we've gone over. I, I believe this is all recording. So the the after after show or the after 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 show. Uh, yeah, I think this is all picking up. But I was about to say, who knew we'd fill two and two two you know two fit two plus two hours plus. I was like, yeah, yeah, we kind of. Uh, we we know we 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 certainly knew. <laughs> it's not talking anymore. Oh, and if I did not make it clear, yeah, don't watch the Tom and Jerry movie. You take nothing else away from this show, folks. Do not watch the new Tom and Jerry movie. Don't you believe it? <laughs> uh, you you you're done. You have anything else, or are we uh, finished? No, 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 I'm done. <laughs> All I'm right. Good. Is, good, I got it all is, out. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been Kings of Non Sequitur. In case you didn't know, the all-season version of in much less detail the podcast. We thank you all for listening, and we invite you to come back if you like that. There will be more of it in a couple of weeks when we make our picks for March Badness. Are with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.